Hello and welcome back to the Skull Football Talk Show. Today on the on the show, we have Minnesota Vikings, voice of the Vikings, and voice of Vikings Radio Network, Paul Allen. How are you doing, Paul? Yo, what's going on there, kiddo? Good to chat with you. Yeah, so today on the show, we're going to be going over our draft class and all of the seven vets we had to release this season due to aging and then obviously we're in kind of a cap hole right now so we're trying to get out of that and releasing all these expensive players so we're going to go all go over all of that so to start it off Paul we had a we had a really good draft class I'm I must say it was it was very good we took a great guy in round one Jordan Addison so out of the six players we drafted who do you think has the highest upside well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on this. Uh, very cool to be part of it with you starting it. And you're really excited about it. So that excites me. Um, I like, um, you know, this is no this is no slight to Jordan Addison or anybody else. Uh, but the uh, the USC corner, Makai Blackman, yeah. uh, he has a wonderful opportunity to jump in and steal the show. And the reason I put it like that, Byron Murphy, the free agent from Arizona, you know, he's the best corner on the team because he's played the most games and he just knows what it looks like and he's done a good job. Uh, but Blackman, you know, there are a lot of uh, openings with cornerbacks for the Vikings, a lot of position battles. And um, from what I saw with organized team activities and minicamp, I really like his demeanor. He's a very tough kid and um, I think people are going to like him. Yeah, so I he was one of the guys when I was watching tape on our class he stood out to me the most and that we were able to get him we got him in round three at pick 102 i just some of the things that i saw about him he's very quick and he has a small build but he can still hit really hard and he hits low and doesn't miss tackles all that often unlike a lot of our players last year very unfortunately but it's true and then when he's on the goal line, one-on-one, -on -one, he takes charge after the ball is thrown and just like smacks it away. So obviously he's very good in man coverage. He stays small and can explode at any moment and can finish a playoff very well. And has potential to be our cornerback two or even cornerback one. He has a whole lot of, he has a really high ceiling. I think that'll do very well for the Vikings next year if they do have like three corner sets or maybe even if he turns into the corner two towards yeah. the end of the season. Like, I mean, he should be able to beat a Caleb Evans. We haven't seen like- I don't know about that. Him, yeah, I wouldn't he, say that. But like- I wouldn't say that, uh, but uh, a Caleb behind the scenes, um, you know, before he got a chance to play last year. And then when he did get a chance to play, he, he put some hits on some players at FedEx Field in our, our victory against Washington oh, yeah. that just a lot of corners don't do. And he has very long arms where Makai and Byron Murphy, uh, that's not necessarily their strength. Now, Andrew Booth Jr., you know, he's he's a wild card here too because, you know, one, one decent thing speaking to the draft is you know, you have the players they drafted this year, but with Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth Jr., you know, you have a couple of guys who did not play because of injury. And they were first and second round picks. So those are, you know, you gotta, those are wild cards that are kind of like draft picks this year too. 
Yeah, and I mean, but when I compare Makai Blackman to like, but obviously it's, you cannot, you just can't compare no. like NFL highlights and college highlights because mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a whole different ball game. No, but I've just, like, I've, I've done it. I've done it long enough to know that, you know, I don't really come into it. it it's, it's granted, you know, with, with K-Fan Radio, um, you know, that's an opinion based radio station. I have the nine to noon slot five days a week and I will formulate opinions. But when it comes to like analyzing a draft class, the first thing I lay out is I don't watch college football. So therefore I don't get the natural weekly feel, you know, for how these players are stealing the show. And secondly, I I don't care where they're drafted and how many or how few they got. Until you get 20 or 25 games into it, you can't tell if they belong. You know, I made an exception to that last year with right guard Ed Ingram. He played 17 games. And Ed, you know, out of LSU, second-round pick, uh, Ed didn't have a great season, also didn't have a bad season. But when you play every single snap and make every single practice for a National Football League team that wins 13 games and has a good offense and you're part of it, well, see, now that was an awesome debut for Ed Ingram. Yeah. Even if you look past some missed blocks and missed assignments and stuff like that. So... It's, um, I like the players they got. I like the intangibles that they drafted. Um, but, um, the offense is the identity of this team. Uh, Jordan Addison will get a chance to play a lot. And, um, you know, with KJ Osborne, he'll, he'll, the, the thing is with Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, and Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, is they like play, they like players who have a lot of position flexibility. So that means, you know, like wide receiver Jalen Rager. Maybe he'll run the ball sometimes this year. Um, you know, Addison, maybe he'll run the ball sometimes this year. Yeah, like on a like a wide receiver sweep out to the right. Well, well, maybe even out of the backfield. I mean, Jordan Addison had a touchdown last year for USC against UCLA where he came out of the backfield and it was spectacular. And he was very comfortable with it. So Dalvin Cook no longer being on the team, he was by far the best pass-catching uh, running back that they yes. had in his opinion. So now, does that mean with with Alexander Madison, maybe Ty Chandler, maybe Dwayne McBride, uh, maybe um, uh, maybe Kene Wanwu, uh, CJ Ham, whomever, does that mean they're not going to throw to the running backs? Well, the answer is no, they will. But does the running back have to be a running back? Maybe it can be a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean Dalvin Cook had a touchdown against into that pretty well. So yeah, I mean, we both love Makai Blackman. He has a he has a ton of upsides. He's just a crazy player. I mean, but a lot of this, it, it just takes time to to just develop. And there are a whole lot of uncertainties with this defense having over half of it being like year one and two guys. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of this is like we won't see, we won't get all of our questions asked probably until the end of the year when like mm. winding I don't down. know about that no nah, because it, it's it's you know the the middle of the field um every single game for whatever the reason I've never seen it in all my years calling Vikings football the middle of the field was so vulnerable every game 
And, you know, in big games like the playoff game, when you got Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks running into each other, uh, you have Chandon Sullivan running around pointing for where guys should go, mm-hmm. like during a play. Well, that, that's an indicator they lacked communication even right to the end. So, you know, it's you, you would be right in totality, in totality, analyzing it and putting a grade on it, so to speak, at the end of the year. But you'll see a dramatically different defense than, than you saw last year. I yeah. mean, because Brian coaches it differently and he's just naturally more aggressive and, you know, he's naturally more of a risk taker than, than uh, Ed Donatel was or some other coordinators that I've seen in my years here. Now, now for Brian, some of it's going to be really, really good. But, you know, the aggressive nature also, if you do it at the wrong time, it's 70 yards the wrong yeah. way. So mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, it's going to be better early, but it has to sustain. Yeah. And like, again, with Brian Flores, we're not going to go into this. I am so excited for him. I think he will be, he will be able to run one of the best defenses we've had. And we've had a lot of good defenses, like say in the last 10 years, I was looking back on some old, like, like depth charts, like five years ago when we were in the era of the Minneapolis miracle, where we were a like a very good, like you, they can make it to the divisional round easily team with all of those really good guys like Harrison Smith in his prime, mm-hmm. Eric Hendricks in his prime, guys who aren't even here anymore that have really like regressed and are like backups now, but like that doesn't matter too much. But so I'm, I think this defense, if these, if a lot of these guys can develop enough where you take that part of it and you take Brian Floor's like defensive genius mind and his like yeah his ability to do those risky plays and like those explosive plays that can turn out really good or they can turn out really bad I think this could turn into one of our greatest defensive years yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a greatest defensive year on it um you know with everybody I mean this is the team that had the purple people eaters and yeah Allen and Antoine Winfield, you know, um, um, Harrison Smith, you can just tell that that he's very comfortable. He's a very smart, scholarly guy. Um, Harrison seeks mental challenges and he's still quite the athlete. Um, so um, I, I know Harrison likes the defense that nobody has seen yet, that, that they're running. And um, I think it's going to be fun. So let's move into talking about some other players on this defense. We have safety and slot cornerback Jay Ward and Jacqueline Roy. They were both select. Well, they were selected in the fourth and fifth round. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're not as high prospected as Makai Blackman, obviously, because they were drafted later. But do you think they can have a chance and get a start eventually. I I know well, I think Jacqueline Roy can. Yeah, uh, his name's Jaqueline. Um, well, Jaqueline is in is in a in a position that's different than Jay Ward, where Jaqueline Roy plays inside on the defensive line, and you know they they'll use Dean Lowry in there. They'll use Harrison Phillips. They'll use Kyrus Tonga. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Wanham slid in there this year. So they have options, but but. 
playing inside and tough, tough-nosed football trying to get after the quarterback, that's what Jaquel and Roy does. Yeah. So um, I don't know if he's good, if he's bad, if he's indifferent, but I know he has a, a good chance to be to be on the active roster if he if he's able to do his part of the deal. Now, Jay Ward was intriguing to me from the minute they took him because if I say Brian Flores likes players with position flexibility, I mean, this this is a player at LSU yeah. that, that played safety. He played outside corner. He played inside corner. And his body type meshed with his speed and his mind make it so LSU was comfortable using him all over the place. I, I can't say that that's the case in the NFL like Troy Polamalu from back in the Steelers days. Uh, but that that was a compelling pick to me. Yeah, so let's move in. We got two more players. Quarterback Jaron Hall out of BYU and running back Dwayne McBride out of University of Birmingham. So obviously these guys with the last two players we took, there's less, a lot less upside just because of the positions they play. I mean, skill positions are, they're very difficult to be best guy on your team right away just like Jaron Hall he's the third string quarterback right now and Dwayne McBride is like second or third so what do you think about these guys and do you think they have well with with the Vikings quarterbacks you know when I when I unpack this because it is a very important topic um is is the the starter Kirk Cousins right as of right now uh, you and I taping this in, in mid-June. Uh, it is He is currently heading into the last year on his contract. Now, his backup, Nick Mullins, uh, Nick is a lot better than people know. Now, he got to play for us in the Bears game last year, but, you know, Nick started 20-some-odd games, and he has a stronger arm than I ever thought, you know, because he just got here last year. Yeah. Uh, Nick's better than people think. Uh, now, with Jaron Hall, you know, it's... It's when, when people say it's a copycat league, um, it, it's true. You know, where look at the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes. They're not running quarterbacks. All right. Mike Vick is a running quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. Fran Tarkenton was a running quarterback. These guys move, not necessarily looking to run, but to open something in the passing game. But when they do run, especially Jalen, look out because they can get 90 yards on you. Yes. Now, Jaron Hall, he's one of those. Now, he's certainly not as good as either one of those, at least at this stage of his career. But Jaron can throw and Jaron can run. So it's, you know, I've, I've just seen a lot of teams move this way a little bit. Even the uh, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they took uh, they drafted Trey Lance and so far it hasn't worked out. Um, the Purdy kid, the rookie last year, uh, Brock Purdy, he, um, you know, he's hurt. So they signed Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold, who was a super high pick in, in like within the last five years from USC. Well, I mean, he hasn't lived up to being the first, second, third, fourth pick, whatever he was, but he can move. Sam Darnold always is sneaky scoring running touchdowns. And so like, I think Darnold is perfect for the Niners offense. And, and see what I'm saying here is quarterbacks who can who can bring just a little bit of a running threat um, are becoming much more appealing in the National Football League. Yeah, and that that's why I think a lot of people kind of like push down Kirk Cousins just because he like 
does not have much of that. I know he scored that wonderful, wonderful touchdown against the Cardinals where he got up to like 21 miles per hour. And it was just amazing to see him score a running touchdown, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and he like, turned the corner. Yeah. But I, I also don't think he has that... I call it the second ability or the extra ability. Well, like Kirk's James. not a runner. I mean, Kirk would tell you yeah. he's not a runner. Um, yeah. You know, two years ago, there was an emphasis on Kirk running more, um, and he did, and he did run for some first downs, awkward as it looked at times. But, I mean, Kirk is a 65 to 70% pocket guy with an awesome arm, and, and if you protect him, he'll kill you. If you don't protect him, you know, then he's not going to move out of it. That's just mm-hmm. who he is. Yeah, and I mean, on this topic of quarterbacks, I mean, Jaron Hall seems to be a, obviously a better run, just like we, just like you were talking about. Nick Mullins is definitely on the pass side. So a little bonus question on here. Can, like when Kurt goes, will it be Nick Mullins? Will it be... Will it be Jaron Hall or will they bring somebody else in? Mm, it's impossible to answer. I mean, I don't want Kirk to go. Now, you know, Kirk, uh, it's it's my stance on that is uh, he's not, no, he's not one of the three to five best quarterbacks. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Um, Justin Herbert has more warts than people want to recognize. That's okay. Um, and uh, But it's very hard to find a quarterback as good as Kirk Cousins. Very, very, very hard. So I don't know if, if they if they don't work out a deal with him um, and he plays out his deal here and goes somewhere else, I got no idea who the next quarterback is. So let's, while we wrap up this segment, let's talk a little bit about Dwayne McBride. So I saw him, I projected him to go a whole lot higher than he did. <laughs> I was, I was actually very, I was very surprised that we took him. I mean, I, I was very glad too. Mm-hmm. And like he was, this was on like some, on a fantasy standpoint of it. He was like number five. And then here he's dropping around seven. Mm-hmm. So I think this preseason, it will really show, it, it'll pro, it'll be Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride fighting for that running back two spot. Because- Maybe because Kenny Wong was kind of out of this picture now because he just he he is just like primary kick returner and then Alexander Madison is now a starter so if we have Ty Chandler who showed that he was all right and then Dwayne McBride absolute raw prospect hasn't shown anything in the NFL just because it hasn't started yet of course do you think it'll be Ty Chandler or do you think it'll be Dwayne uh, well the the pecking order doesn't matter um, the details of it doesn't matter. The overarching view of it, it, that's what matters. And the overarching view is, A, Dalvin Cook is gone. So it's going to be different. So now how is it going to be different? Uh, on my KFAN radio show, what immediately hit me is Alexander Madison is very physical. Ty Chandler is very physical. Dwayne McBride is very physical. New tight end Josh Oliver is very physical. So just you put those together right there. Ezra Cleveland and Ed Oliver and Brian O'Neill and, and Christian. I mean, the offensive line is a physical offensive line. Yeah. So they, they've got something up their sleeves with this running game. I don't exactly know what it is, 
but you know the the third running back um, is is generally inactive um, on game days. Now that may not be the case here, and and I you know with Kane Wanwu being strictly a special teams guy, if that's the case, he's going to have to be a really good special teams guy this year. You know to continue to to hold on to that moving forward. Um, and I and CJ Ham will be in uniform every week. You know, so therefore, CJ, you know, he he's going to count against the active roster, too, on game day. So uh, McBride has a long way to go uh, to even be on the active roster. Okay, so with that, let's move into the next segment of the show. So the vets that we released, obviously, there were seven very high profile players or at one point of their career, very, very high profile so the list is Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Tomlinson, Sidarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, and Shannon Sullivan. And all of those guys, mind you, were pretty much starters close to or every play of most of the games. So obviously, Paul, this is a massive loss for our team. But the big question, is it, is it better now? that we don't have all of these guys that take up a whole lot of cap space and are by the day aging more and more and their skill level going pretty much downhill. So is it better that we're having a high, like just like we talked about all these guys being in the mix of this, like these rookies in these second years, or would it just be better if we have older guys? Well, it's, I mean, time will tell until we play the games now. I mean, the, the defense was it spoke for itself last year, you know, with where it ranked and uh, some of these high scoring games. How about, you know, that Buffalo game? And we, um, you know, we take the lead with 40 some odd seconds left and we can't even keep them out of field goal range. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people who have, who have provided a lot of good memories for a long time are now playing for different teams. And there's more to it than performance. You know, performance may be not what uh, the Minnesota Vikings wanted, or maybe the money didn't mesh with it. And eventually they're going to find themselves uh, in a position to have more offseason money than they have now. Um, you know, Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, uh, Brian has been known all throughout his career for taking mediocre players and making them good, good players and making yeah. them very good. So, so he gets, you know, he gets nondescript kind of guys uh, to play well. And uh, yeah, a lot of work goes into it. Uh, so the mental aspect of knowing the defense, that's going to be key for all the new guys. But uh, Eric Hendricks is one of the best linebackers in the history of this team. Uh, Patrick Peterson potentially is a, is a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, Adam Thielen is one of the most beloved players in the history yes. of the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook leaves as one of the three best running backs in the history of the team. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I like Dalvin, but he was nondescript when he was here. Um, and, and um, you know, moving on from there, you know, they brought in TJ Hawkinson and then they brought in Josh Oliver. And, you know, they got this Brandon Powell, this, um, this, this wide receiver who's diminutive, but he's very fast and he's a punt returner. Uh, they, can, they can do some things with that speed, but I'm not surprised an overhaul took place. Um, we just, you know, we just got to see where it goes from here. And yeah, a lot of this is like just because we had absolutely no cap space, we just needed to do kind of what the Bears did. They got rid of their 
like three or four very, very, very high profile guys. Like Akeem Hicks was on that team. He's now off. And then who's the other one? He's on the, I want to say the Chargers. I can't think of his name. Eric Hendricks? No. Um, no, from the Bears that oh. they released because to get a whole lot more. Will Mack? Yeah, Khalil Mack. So yeah. those two were like, oh wow, they're they're really trying to do something to just get this to get this team where they have a ton of cap space and they can do a lot of damage. You would draft. think. Yeah, you would like, think. I, I don't even know if it's a lot of cap space. I mean, it's you know, it seems every year they come into it, they're a minus. Um, so just you know, getting getting enough to make one or two moves and. And having it sustained so that you have a cash flow that's at least decent. Yeah. Have a good quarterback and you're not stuck. You know, that that appears to be some of the modus operandi behind those moves. And they did they did do they did like look at all of the all of the things. Obviously, they had a ton of like problems on their team last year. They fixed the wide receiver group, brought brought in DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney's gonna be a whole lot better this year. Mm-hmm. They helped the offensive line drafting Broderick Jones. I mean, yeah, they were at one and went back to nine or and then they went back to eleven, but like Yeah, but if they back if the quarter if the quarterback can't play, then they're in a lot of trouble. So, yeah. Uh they, you know, they're not gonna open a vein and talk about it. Maybe they're not nervous about it. Um, but, um, you know, Justin outside of running the ball has not really shown me at least that, you know, he's going to tear it up and go up and down mm-hmm. the field, super high draft pick. So they, um, you know, they got to figure out and make sure their quarterback's the right guy too. Yeah. And I, I think this year could be one of Justin Fields biggest, like if he is a great quarterback or if he stays a good quarterback and if he can't complete I don't know, 66, 68% of passes. If That's he can't number. get, and if he can't get like, I don't know, 44,000 some odd yards, 4,200 yards, I do think they will be looking to trade him once his, once his rookie contract is done, maybe decline his fourth or fifth year option. Your option, yeah. I don't know. And then, I mean, yeah, time will tell. So yeah, really quick, we have about seven minutes until our Zoom call time limit runs out. So, I mean, looking at this, looking at this defense, I mean, Eric Hendricks, we already talked about him. He's one of the best linebackers. Patrick Peterson, he's going to be a really big loss. He, I mean, besides his inability, was it, I can't remember if it was zone or man, there was one very distinct one maybe it was maybe his zone coverage but i mean obviously we brought in a whole lot more talent after losing a whole lot of talent just like patrick peterson and shannon sullivan who was relatively quiet he is now moving on to another team signed a pretty nice deal but yeah and then other guys i mean zadarius smith he's I mean, we had him on contract for another year, but he was the guy where his attitude kind of got in the way. Maybe maybe it was a contract extension kind of thing, or it was just like, I, I don't want to be here, which could be a problem down the road for guys like Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, I will admit. But I mean, 
let's 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 talk about him real quick. So Zadarius Smith, he had a great couple first games, got to sack his former teammate Aaron Rodgers. What I don't know if you have any like inside details about his character, like towards the end of the season and in the postseason and off season, but like what kind of happened? Like, how did he how did he go from like loving this team and being such a high value player to pretty much I don't know. Not one. I mean, he, he was he was hurting in the second half of the season. Um, and um you know, he uh, maybe he did sour on on not wanting to be here. Maybe he wanted um, a different kind of a contract, and he didn't think he could get it here. I don't I don't know if that's the case, uh, but it seemed to be um, um, it seemed to be a split that had harmony to it. Uh, I didn't get you know sources from the team are saying this and Zadarius is saying this. Yeah. So um, he'll um, he he if he stays healthy, he should flourish in Cleveland. And yeah, I really like what they built on that defensive line. You have obviously Miles Garrett, former first overall pick. Then you have Dalvin Tomlinson, who is very good for us. And I will admit that's going to be a huge void for like people like Harrison Phillips. I don't think so. But I think think Dean Lowry is better than than Dalvin Tomlinson. I said that on my radio show. Really? Uh, Yeah. And I just, you know, they do different things. Dalvin's more of a, fire hydrant you know plug it up yeah. run stopper but i think dean can stop the run and rush the quarterback so i'm a big dean lowry fan um i like dalvin tomlinson a lot i'm not disrespecting him or anything but um i, I think uh, i think we'll be okay there yeah and then obviously addition addition of zadarius smith he should have a great time there they they do have a good defense it's nowhere near being the best i mean they are the browns it's kind of their thing having not the best team ever but I mean, they've built something really nice on that Cleveland defensive line. I think he should have a very good time with that system. And I mean, yeah, if he if he wants to go out and get his nice big contract, he did earn it in the first couple games of the year. And like, yeah, I mean, towards the end of the year, he did have a massive regression, but it's it's great for him. I mean, I'm glad he didn't play the game of, oh, I, I I, really think I deserve all of this money, even though looking at my stats, I didn't have like, yeah, he had a, he had a ton of sacks. But maybe he did play that game. It's just nobody knew about it. Or yeah. And like he did make the Pro Bowl so he could, so he does have actual reasons and it's for make, for asking for a massive contract. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's obviously good that he did that so i think looking at all these all of these releases were for the better and i think it's great that we're turning into a young defense with extremely high upsides and very small rookie contracts yeah so, yeah that's that's where we're going to leave it for this segment seven massive losses but also we got a whole lot of great guys in free agency guys that we don't have to pay a ton of money and it's it's great that they made those moves even though some of those hurt like Adam Thiel and that hurt a lot I really wanted him to stay I was I was so sad when I don't know who posted about it or he was like this could be one of the last days Adam Thielen is a Minnesota Viking and I'm like no he can't go 
And then the yeah. day later when he got released, mm-hmm. it was like... I love him. Gosh. Yeah, I love Adam, man. Now, Adam and I, as football players and like what I do go, um, you know, we've been, we've been friends since he tried out for the rookie uh, camp the very for first day. Well, right around there. Um, and you know, it's I pray I pray for and with players before each game. Uh, Adam always was one of them. Uh, very faith-based man. Uh, very good family man. So Adam's all squared away, and he'll do quite well yeah. down uh, in Charlotte. So yeah, this has been the Skull Football Talk Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show featuring Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. We and we will see you in the next one.